Hello, Peaceful Warriors. This is your host, Anil, and welcome to my show, Peaceful Growth, where I interview successful entrepreneurs and experts who have achieved remarkable growth in their business or profession. We all want to grow in our life, right? But not at the cost of our peace and happiness. So we also talk about some of the strategies, tips, and techniques on how to manage this growth by also having a successful and purposeful life. You can also sign up for my weekly newsletter, Learn Plus Grow, at anilg.substack.com, where I share three tips to help you learn, grow, and inspire each week. Now to today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Anil. Uh, I'm a CEO uh, and co-founder of Multidots, Multicollab, and Dot Store. And in today's episode of Peaceful Growth, I have uh, uh, Tammy Lister with me here. Tammy is um, actually a huge inspiration for me and my team. Um, we have been watching her contribution in the WordPress and um, her, you know, the design talent. So she has been a huge inspiration. And just very recently, um, I had a chance to connect with her. Um, and she has been helping us for multi-collab uh, design and uh, some of the advising on that product, uh, which is really, really helpful. And she has also been a lot of WordPress core contribution experience. Um, you know, I asked her that question before, and she has not been able to remember the number of years, which means yeah. that is a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> Um, and in the past, um, she has worked um, at Automatic, XWP, Extendify, and she's uh, passionate about product design, engineering, psychology, and performance. And she has also been the speaker at different WordCamps and events. So let's get this started. Hey, Tammy, good to have you here. Good to have you. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Of course, yeah, um, yeah. And um, in the last few months, um, I got to know you a little bit more, and uh, everything I had, all the inter interactions that we had, uh, you know, there's so much I, new information, profound information that I, I learned, and also I have also been reading um, your blog, you know, some of the content that you mm. have written around the Gutenberg design, WordPress design, or just in general, uh, the design and engineering uh, principles. So that was very inspiring and insightful. And uh, I hope, um, you know, people who are listening to this, um, they will be able to learn a lot of new things and insights from the today's discussions. And also your WordPress core contribution and your experience, that's huge. So we will also talk a little bit about it in a way so that it can help and inspire um, you know, uh, others to to contribute more in WordPress or other open source mm. platforms and, and tools. So let me get started with this question, uh, Tammy. So I went to your website and I saw this number on your website, 00123-0423. Can you explain what is it? What does yeah, it mean? it's literally like the date version of the theme. That's all it is. I am... Um, 
like with my recent role, uh, I've recently um, kind of listed all my roles and my recent role is inside as a, a developer. I've returned to my developer roots and uh, when I created my theme, I really wanted to kind of give a reflection back to that by just putting it there. I've had this kind of obsession with barcodes for a very long time. So that's like my little nod, at like a barcode and a timestamp. I don't know if you mm -hmm. remember, we used to all always put like date timestamps on mm -hmm. like things and so that's that's what i'm doing there that's that's literally what i'm doing <laughs> wow yeah yeah no, thanks for saying that yeah great um so tammy let me start with um actually yeah, before you started your career uh mm -hmm. and joined the the wordpress uh community or industry uh, mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about um your um yeah your journey before you joined the wordpress yeah so i've always had a hybrid background um art technology um i think back back in the day uh you could only it was thought you could only ever do one <laughs> uh you left or right brain and it turns out mm, you can do both and um, so i trained in art i trained in psychology um my interests were always very hybrid um I kind of left with a background in art and then discovered mm, it's really hard to make it as an artist. Um, my art was specifically very technical photography um, or painting. Um, and then I kind of retrained basically in technology, um, in software engineering. But I retrained at a time where the web was a new thing. I'm really aging myself. Um, uh, and so I got to train in this new language called PHP and all these new technologies like rotating GIFs and all these kind of fun things. Uh, so I got to be kind of at the start of the web <laughs> in that sense. And that really was when I could combine digital with like visual with kind of code, you know, mm -hmm. I could do those things. It was, it wasn't that you had to do one or the other, you could do both. And actually doing both was a real advantage in that. Yeah. Uh, so freelancing was possible. Uh, you know, I, I had these skills at, you know, that crazy time of booming uh, startups, the first kind of startup wave. So I got to kind of experience that. Um, and then I kind of fell my, I was always into open source and kind of fell my way into open source WordPress and boom, 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 kind of typical journey. I think it's really typical for a lot of people in mm. the industry, kind of circling around, doing various roles and then kind of falling into finding their open source project and finding their their path, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I'm glad you mentioned about um, the two contrast types of interest and skill. Um, yeah. I experienced that uh, when I was like I started my career as a web developer, yeah. um, and then I have been like I was enjoying the whole coding and you know building things and all yeah. that. And one fine day. Um, one of my boss uh, before I started Multidars, you know, they, this company mm -hmm. that I was working for. So they offered me a position of uh, uh, leading a 20 people, you know, mm -hmm. so it was like a whole big team. And they're like, hey, you know, what do you think about leading this uh, uh, team of 20 people? Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, yeah, that sounds interesting. Uh, but does that mean that 
I need to give up code. Like, will I be able to still do the code? Mm -hmm. They're like, uh, no, you know, so like that will be a challenge, like this managing mm -hmm. 20 people and code will be difficult. Yeah. But at the time I kind of like asked myself, I was like, yeah, I, I know how to code. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but managing the people, like, you know, working with the people and that's something that I felt like more like a bigger challenge in the in a way mm -hmm. and it's like that might also be a good skill like coding and people management combining mm -hmm. will be actually will open up more uh doors for opportunities in the future mm -hmm. for my my career and and growth mm -hmm. and also uh, i think the the point that convinced me was this i was like people are more complex than code you know so i think it's mm -hmm. it's more, much more fun right because code i think that's similar though um, which is why I kind of think there's a, a big line between psychology and code, but that's maybe yeah. how my brain works, that I right. kind of see human programming very similar to programming. But right. that's maybe just me. <laughs> what you mentioned about the left-right brain, right? It's kind of the kind of yeah. same thing, because if you look at the code, it's very logical, rational. If you follow the, the rules, mm. um, you know, you will you will get an expected and desired output yeah. on the people. They're very dynamic. Humans very are following rules. They just have lots of different rule sets, just right. like different programming languages. You just mm. have to maybe listen to what language they're functioning in. Hmm. I, that's something that I kind of learned from the psychology background. It's more finding what data set they're running. It's yeah. kind of, if we're talking, that's basically what you've got to do is just work out what operating system they're working in and what programs they're loading and you know if we're talking in those terms it's pretty weird to talk in those terms but that's kind of what humans are like um and i don't mean to kind of belittle humans in that way but i think sometimes we we like to overcomplicate ourselves and we like to think we are no different than the things we create, but we are the people that create these things. So these things are very similar to us in the way that they function because they come from us. Languages are languages, be they programming languages or they linguistic languages, they're quite of the same. So, yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's, that's very profound. Oh, wow. Um, all right, so let's... Um, move on to the next question um tammy mm -hmm. it's i think more about your inspiration to um when you started the con not started but kind of like was thinking about you know so i wanted to kind of like go into the, your thought process in that moment when you were considering to join the open source uh contribution so what what was going in your mind at that I didn't time really have a thought uh, for me, open source has always been kind of natural. Um, and I think that comes from just the art background um, is do you share your work and you share what you do? Um, I guess that's always been the way that I've kind of functioned. Um, so for me, I kind of fell into Linux was cheap to use. I, you know, it was easy. Um, even from a gaming perspective, I remember playing like games and doing community. So it was always like a community thing for me. Um, so for me, it really wasn't that. It aligned with my thoughts. It aligned with everything that I wanted to do. It just kind of worked. Um, it was, there's that tinker inside me of just kind of that balance between like the engineer artist kind of thing going on. Um, and you can do that there. It makes it a bit harder if you're trying to do it for different platforms and different things. Um, and over time, it has got harder to be able to do it for kind of platforms. It's actually 
becoming a lot easier <laughs> um but yeah so for me it was never really it's weird because a lot of people are like this was the time I decided when I went into open source and direction I know kind of I was trying to like for WordPress specifically I was trying to have my own system uh, like most people uh, back in the day of uh, blogging and then it was like someone mentioned hey this is easier and I was like nope I want to do my own thing because it has to be hard because everyone thought it had to be hard and turns out it didn't have to be hard and it was a lot easier for me then focus on the design the tweaking and kind of doing stuff and the actual you know back in the day there was like competitions to change your css and there was it was about creating the content and being part of the communities and writing um so i could do that more because then wordpress could take the load for me and then i could focus on building the software and all those kind of things. Um, but once I could understand templating engines and I could see how I could build upon it, so, you know, those kind of things. Um, but it's always been a kind of natural fit for me, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so I've never been a, the, the time I change from, <laughs> and my entry point was Linux to WordPress, which is kind of a weird entry point for someone with an art background, I think. Yeah. But also because I had been studying kind of software engineering and yeah. had that background, like that's kind of the programs that you learn is like learn your terminal and learn and kind of that's like what you're learning at school. And then you, so for me, I was not afraid of that background. Um, mm -hmm. And Linux today is so much nicer compared to Linux back then was not, mm -hmm. not as friendly at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, Linux because uh, that's how actually I also got into the open yeah. source. So I was uh, in a college, uh, you know, studying computer science with uh, my uh, business partner um, mm -hmm. now, Aslam Multani. So we both were actually, uh, um, you know, the uh, we went to the same college and we were a classmate. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, one of our professor he wanted to um, experiment with Linux. So he's like, hey, you know, this is this cool open source operating system. It mm -hmm. can save a lot of uh, money in licensing cost for our college mm -hmm. and a lot of colleges around the city. So mm -hmm. it's like. Um, it's not something that a lot of people right now know about it or leverage it. So it's like uh, I'm looking for some students who are interested in volunteering this mm -hmm. experiment. So my business partner Aslam and I uh, we both signed up for that, mm -hmm. and I think that changed our life because that experience, those two years, the amount of experience, uh, exposure that we had, and and what you mentioned about like that was a moment where we started to learn about working as a community, working as a team, because, you know, it was like more a volunteer. So we were not getting paid, of course, yeah. but that was a kind of like, you know, the motivation at that time that we were learning so much, you know, just by being in the group. You get, you're going to fail. If you, if you use Linux, it, like I've just gone back to using Linux actually, and I am daily going to fail at something because I'm using it. It's great. It's so much easier now. We'll just say it is lovely now. It is amazing. I'm enjoying it so much. But uh, but particularly back then, 
stick drivers and things and it was hard. like i was building i remember my- those uh hard disk partition like yeah. i remember oh, like when you install like, and you have to so pick different partition i was like wow this is so yeah, cool. and every weekend you would have to like because you it wasn't laptops you were building your own computer so pretty much every weekend you had to take your computer apart you had yeah. to have the cases off because it would overheat i am sounding so old but that's kind of what you had to do you had to have the cases off because it would overheat every weekend you have to rebuild the thing um and then it would be like a new distribution like one one month it would be this flavor was the top one that was actually secure and then the next month it was the other one that was secure um and then for six months everyone would jump onto one to pick it um and it was it was really there was something quite tribal about which linux distribution did you have and all these kind of things i don't actually see that as much now which is kind of quite interesting and curious Mm -hmm. um but really you learn to not be afraid of failure and i think that that is incredibly important uh from a uh just a coding and a a product perspective and particularly in open source because you just learn to just make do and not be afraid of oh it doesn't work oops well you can just unpick it and start again so yeah (laughs) wow yeah um i i remember um i think at at the time uh the ubuntu was one of the the distribution and then there was a oh back when i was doing it wasn't (laughs) ubuntu i'm talking like I think Debian and then Susie was back. Oh, right. Like it was like, like we were talking like links browser when I'm talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, thanks for bringing that Linux because it has really been like so long time. Mm. I haven't even thought about like yeah. all those different Linux dis- distributions which are available at that and time. And if you were really like feeling yourself, you would not mm. even have those partition on your computer. You'd just be pure Linux. And then you right. were really feeling how proud you were. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like a badge of honor that you didn't have a case on your computer because it overheated so much and yeah. all these other things. It, 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 but there was something about it. There was something mm-hmm. very like homebrew kind of, yeah. uh, that kind of like uh, club kind of approach, which mm-hmm. is kind of good, I think. And everything was a, you know, online async chat rooms and all those kind of things and yeah. it was kind of that taught me a lot about that kind of communication because it's not a local communication it's a mm-hmm. remote communication as well so from the start you're remote as well yeah great awesome thanks for sharing that Tammy. um so the next question i have is um about the wordpress contribution and i think uh now, when I look at that, the the documentation, there's so much documentation available for <laughs> if you want to start contributing into WordPress. But I believe a um, long time ago, you know, when you first started, uh, I wanted to understand that how easy it was to to get into, was like, it? if you can tell a little no. bit about, yeah. And I think the thing for me was I was already pretty aware of difficulty like if you can imagine i came from linux so i was pretty like particularly Mm. i mean i'm not i'm a woman and i came from the linux community (laughs) and there's a lot back in there all those kind of things you know um Mm. coming from that and then 
being aware of that noise and then coming into it was a very noisy space to then try and find my place and that doesn't mean like it was shouty it's more trying to find where you fit in a space where there's either a lot of demand or there's either a lot of voices um, and mm. I think for me when I first turned up um, it was oh okay how on earth do I do anything how on earth do I um, make an impact how on earth do I uh, that there wasn't the documentation um, there wasn't the ways in there wasn't the clarity, there wasn't the mentorship, um, there wasn't people like me that I could identify with so easily. It took a little while to find people like me or mm. to find voices like me or to find someone that I could um, be aside. Um, I kind of went down through the filtration system to find the smallest teams. I landed in Buddy Press eventually. Um, and that kind of shows, I think, back in that day i think people would find the smallest areas of core or the smallest subgroups uh the, the theme team i also found that um and then they would work their way up to core <laughs> and that was kind of a way now you actually find people going straight into core and that is such a change um i don't think people realize how much of a change that is if someone's first contribution is core that blows my mind every single time that I see that because that is an incredible achievement for someone uh, um but yeah it was it took me a while for even things like um word camps um you know England isn't full of word camps particularly wasn't full of word camps back then um mm. you know it it's for me it was very much how do I find a place where I can be worth? Uh, how do I find a place? Um, I've always thought if you use open source software, you should put something back in. That's just the mm -hmm. way. Like your payment is a contribution. That's that's always the way for me. Um, mm -hmm. But WordPress back then was very like, how on earth do I pay for this with my contribution? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I pretty much found it. Um, uh, I found out through some amazing people who took their time with me, um, which is always the way. Uh, those people, uh, I hope that I've paid them back by then passing it on to other people, which I think is the currency of our community. Um, and you remember yeah. any person's name in the beginning, yeah. the first person that you interacted with who helped yeah. you? Yeah, I do. Paul Gibbs and uh, uh, Jay, Jay and um so many people put mm. into me um you think they're still involved in the wordpress community yeah, now yeah. or yeah oh wow nice. yeah um I don't know, jason or uh but lots of people spent uh time with me to list every single person that's put into me would be really bad of me because i would probably end up missing someone off and mm. that would be horrendous of me and i would never want to do that but i am um, pretty much stand here because of 50 60 people that have put into me um wow. plus um and i think that that is the same for any person who is if any core committer says that they stand on their own i would mm. want them to check themselves <laughs> um because you don't because mm. someone has helped you they've either taught you you know i have been this last week someone's helped me right that's that's just what's happened um mm. but people took time to just show you know, that first person that says, hi, 
Um, you know, I, I remember going to a work camp and Mike Little spending some time with me because I wasn't drinking and just saying hi and spending that time and talking to me. Um, that I remember, you know, these conversations with people that you can have um, in hallways, these times that you have with people, they might not be commit code conversations, but they're, they're marks in your memory that add to your okay, this is my community. This is where mm. I'm going to be part of. This is where I now belong, right? Um, yeah. And become your DNA of your contribution journey. Um, yeah, so many people. I feel really bad, like, naming someone because it feels like I'm then not naming someone. And there's so many people have been. Um, and I've been lucky enough to then be a full-time contributor, um, which I feel I had so many people support me in that. Um, that was like a daily support in my journey mm -hmm. um so yeah great so what advice would you give someone who's who want who hasn't done any wordpress contribution just kind of like still thinking about um joining the wordpress contribution like what are those some of based on your past learnings uh what are those some of the tips and advice comes to your mind so first of all i would question whatever they have contributed already and they want to look and think, are they contributing? Because often we think we're not contributing when we actually are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, then I would want to say, why do you want to contribute? Um, it's really important. Uh, I've heard so many people say, I want to be a full-time contributor. And my first question is, why? Why do you want to be a full-time contributor? Um, mm. I actually would dissuade someone from being a full-time contributor and say, like, maybe part-time. See, see what you want to do. What, why, what's your objective in being a contributor? What's your mm. goal in that? Because contribution has to be a two-way street. If you're just contributing because um, you think it's a career path, it's a career path, but it's a very, very particular career path. It's like uh, being an artist. It's a very particular career path for very few people, um, mm. uh, but it's a very particular journey. Um, and I think that you can absolutely go on it, but you really have to know what that journey is going to en encompass and everything. Um, so just think about like, are you contributing already? Uh, are you contributing through your mentorship with people? Are you contributing through something that doesn't isn't code already? Um, and you just don't recognize it. Uh, then what area do you want to contribute in? Because people just go, oh, I'm going to be in core. Well, core's got a lot of people. <laughs> And I love Core, and I love the editor, but Core and the editor, kind of the popular kids at school. And there's so many areas that need uh, contributions. And think about something I learned at the start was the, the you know, people talk about trash or rubbish on the floor. But uh, the thing in open source communities is people are really grateful if you pick up things off the floor. And the areas of the projects where... I haven't got the light or I haven't got people working on that are really needing it. Uh, if you go into that area and you can make that your thing and you can own that, oh, that could be amazing for you. That could also be amazing for you from a business perspective if that becomes your... I've seen people build like businesses on that. Um, 
be that from the products that they create or be that from uh, the services that they offer because they become a specialist in that particular area or something like that. Um, I kind of did that a little bit when I was working on BuddyPress. Uh, for a while, I was working freelance on just specializing in community work um, because I got that very particular knowledge. I was kind of one of the few people that knew how to do BuddyPress theming at scale. Uh, so therefore, I was getting some really good work and I wrote a book and, you know, because I niche of a niche right like sometimes and that wasn't a conscious decision but i now in reflex i'm like yeah that wasn't you know and so that would be one of my advices is just think about like where where's where are you really passionate about where are you drawn to because just thinking to go into the areas which are the hot topics that's not going to be super like, that's not something that's going to make you get up in the morning and be like i want to contribute to this ticket it's going to be like eating broccoli i don't know if you like broccoli great but <laughs> yeah there's also um, a lot of releases now that you can get involved in we didn't have right 6.4 we're having uh this release for um you know this inclusive release that we haven't had we've we've had one before and we've only had these two like back in the day we didn't have that um mm -hmm we had accidental representation and i mean that with a beautifully open heart <laughs> if someone was included it wasn't because we were trying to include um we were trying what well, we were trying but we weren't trying uh, uh, and i think that there is a real want and desire to mentor and nurture and uh, foster and um I, I know because I've spoken to other people who are older contributors who've been around who are willing to step back more and say, hey, these people should take more of the stage, should take more space. So I think there's definitely that if people want to come in, but just take it slow as well. You do not have to turn up and then be part of a release and then do everything all at once. It took me a very long time until I did releases, a very long time until I did anything to do with core. So just you have time, and I think sometimes people forget that they can contribute to a project for like a decade, and they think they've got to do everything in the first six months of being involved in a project, and you really don't because you burn out. So mm. yeah, yeah. No, those are really good um, and helpful tips, uh, Tammy. And uh, I, I would definitely plus one to asking the question on why you want to contribute because um yeah you know that everyone has different motivation and you know different ways to to be inspired but it's not one time one day thing you know that's what i believe the contribution is kind of like a long-term journey so you really need to find a relationship way to right like, you're meant yeah. to be getting something from it if you are just contributing and getting nothing from it then why mm. are you contributing yeah, yeah. <laughs> Of course. And I also, uh, I think one thing that you also mentioned about it, that start small when you're starting, mm -hmm. if you're contributing, starting your contribution journey uh, now uh, or very recently. So start small and mm -hmm. then then you will be able to build your way up because I think one thing that you said, um, a lot of people come with this, this credential in their mind, like, hey, I have this 10 years of experience. I worked yeah. in this big agency, mm -hmm. so I should be yeah. doing the big contribution. I was yeah. like, I don't know that kind of works that way. It's basically like you don't bring your credentials in the contribution, but what you bring is your creation, like, you know, what you are good at creating 
and solving problem and you kind of kind of start from there and another thing is think about your contribution as a kind of dial uh, i think of it a little bit like a kind of equalizer you can come okay. in you can go away you can come in go away and that's that's I, I thought I had to be all on at one point because I was a full-time contributor and I thought that. Mm. And then when I left that role, I thought I had to be all off. <laughs> I thought it was like a switch. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely like a percentage. And the, being able to do that has been the most balance and being able to find the appropriate. I sometimes don't find it. Some weeks I'm not finding it fully, but that been able to find that means I can find the right things to apply where I apply my noise or where I apply my, my voice. Let's not go over noise because that sounds weird, but where I apply my, my attention, where I apply wh where I can be. And that means I can be more effective and more efficient. And mm. I'm not going to, and, and if, you know, if I'm really, really having a month where, oh, there's so much going on at work because I'm just doing something amazing. You can dial back right like i can yeah. and that, that could be someone's experience they can just be like nope i'm having an awesome time i'm just going to dial back for this release and there's releases so you can be like i'm going to skip out for release i'm going to go in for release i'm going to skip out and that could be what happens to you i live in the northern hemisphere the winter is bleak and uh sometimes you just want to wrap up in woolen jumpers and contribute in the winter <laughs> yeah <laughs> So tell me, um, what sort of positive impact or changes or opportunities, um, mm -hmm. you know, you experienced in your life and career yeah. because of your contribution experience? Uh, I've seen the world, uh, to be quite blunt. I don't yeah. know whether I would have seen any of the people, uh, the cultures. Um, I hope I would have, but I don't think I would have. Um, I would have needed probably to have gone on lots of holidays in amazing places to be able to see uh, free work camps. I've got to see, um, to talk to people, uh, to uh, see experiences. Sometimes at work camps you see conference centers rather than cities. Um, but I've got to see places that I wouldn't have got to see if I hadn't been involved in the project. Um, I've got to go to countries that I you know, I wouldn't have got to if I hadn't been involved in this project. Um, I've got to hear voices. Yeah, that's been huge. Um, it's definitely changed me. It's definitely changed my perspective. Um, I truly believe that you are, like, as I said, you're some of the people that have got you to the contribution and some of all the experiences I've had. So, yeah, that. Um, I I don't know. My... my path has been very windy um and i think it's been able to be so diverse um i don't think i would have uh, i think i would have had to cho choose a discipline more than i have i've been very um lucky and very um uh kind of chosen in that way because of my contribution you know kind of it's given me the opportunities that I don't think I would have had before. Um, so I'm incredibly grateful for that. Um, I do not doubt that because of my contribution journey that I've been given the opportunity to be able to go back to development that I've just had and all these kind of things. Um, I'm also aware that I am the person that did those contributions. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I got help, you know, people get help to do those contributions. And uh, so, yeah, it's given me opportunities to be involved in projects that I 
I couldn't have dreamed of being involved in to work on things that I couldn't have dreamed of doing. Um, yeah. So all those things, I've got to see things that I don't think I would have got to see before as, as someone who kind of, um, yeah. So yeah. everything, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this is definitely, um, you know, not just a WordPress or open source contribution, but just in general, um, whenever we volunteer for any calls, you know, where it's not like, you know, you're involved, not, um, you know, from the perspective of that, you know, you are just going to, it's it's your job, but instead it's like something that you yeah. feel really passionate about and do it. Uh, so yeah, just good to hear how it yeah, has Yeah, and at one point, because it was full-time for me, um, yeah. it, like like the dna of like mm -hmm. what was <laughs> kind of it's so entwined and i think yeah. um and i have had some time away from the project uh, particularly the last year and that got me uh gave me some space to really think about like what was my identity when it wasn't involved with wordpress what was my identity um outside of that project and um it made me reflect that i actually deeply value that part of my dna and that deeply uh, respect and um just hold it in such esteem and gratefulness so i think that you have to be just feel so gracious and uh, thankful for it the way mm -hmm. that i'm trying to do that is by okay how can i support other businesses how can i um really get my skills up how can i uh, pass that on to other people how can i give those opportunities um how can i also just keep going for myself and keep that fresh perspective that's part of why i've kind of gone back to development to get that fresh perspective for myself but also um yeah just how can i pass that on i think um is, is definitely a reflection i think you know passing that gift of gratefulness on is really important you can recognize you're grateful but that's awesome yeah <laughs> maybe pass yeah. it on as well that, that would be good because all the people that passed it on to me they were passed it on so mm -hmm. you know yeah awesome yeah so they're definitely a great lot of uh, takeaways from this but the big <laughs> one is um what you will get out of the contribution experience is going to be very Different unique people get right? things so some people yeah. again you know i've i've it pretty much most people will get a part of their livelihood at some point um mm. and i think that that is part of it either you will get your most of my jobs have been connected to it uh, only right. my last job before this one wasn't connected to it but mm. even my job inside a portion of that is i'm doing contribution per hours i'm incredibly lucky that i'm doing that again um i'm doing 10 hours a week it's it's amazing and it's great it's it's the right quota i love that quota and then i'm still doing some uh kind of work as well which is great um to balance it um but it's i think for everyone that contributes at some point you're going to have the opportunity that it's going to give you a wider field of choice either it will be a opportunity to work with someone else that you meet in contribution and it'll be like hey if i work with you mary i can uh, build this product because we've worked on this thing that we've really uh, kind of noodled on together and it's kind of awesome or hey i've gone to this word camp because i was speaking at it and then uh, you know all these kind of these opportunities open that maybe aren't open for you if you live in a small town or if you live in a village or whatever so mm -hmm. yeah yeah
Great. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that, Tammy. And I think, yeah, the biggest takeaway is that uh, what you will get out of uh, the contribution experience will be very unique you and special to you. It. I think that's the yeah. thing. If you expect yeah. something to happen, it's like Santa, mm -hmm. it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And all the people that we meet, right? Like, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I have met so many amazing people. Um, you know, just being a part of the WordPress community. You to be open to whatever's going to happen in your journey. And I think that's the thing is sometimes in open source, you've just got to breathe, jump in with your feet and just mm. go. Oof. And there's been a lot of times in my open source journey where I just had to be, okay, jumping into it. Let's <laughs> see what happens. And whenever I've done that with an open heart and let the community hold me, it's been amazing. So yeah. <laughs> and the great thing about the WordPress community is that if you try um jumping into that, even your eyes closed or handcuffed, yeah, you still people still be there to help them support you. Just prepare them to get a jump. Just say I'm gonna jump. <laughs> awesome. Great. Um nice. So Tammy, um let's talk about uh, so we have, we talked about the WordPress contribution, your experience, some of the tips that some of uh, the newcomers can take and some of the benefits and the positive impact in your life. Now, uh, I also wanted to touch upon how do you balance, you know, yeah. your work and life? Because that's one part that especially I experience, like uh, I'm yeah. 37 right now and like until 30, I, I had this, like, you know, I was working 14, 16 hours a day. Yeah. I was traveling everywhere, basically, like, had so much energy uh, in me. And uh, when I got 30, you know, after that, I kind of, like, started to feel the, this need for rest, recharge, and all that. So, um, yeah, did you... Do you, did you have any any point in your life where you felt like okay now I need to slow down and what was that process look like? Yeah, so I'm 48 in a couple of weeks, um, and I definitely am fiercely defending my spare time. I think that's the best way I would put it. Um, I I have learned a slower pace of life, both through my body telling me or screaming at me um i think as you get older your body is very unsubtle about uh it's the best way to describe it um uh, but also i think you know i've been lucky to be involved in some pretty intense projects and they've been amazing and great but they take their time on you and your body um and particularly i think the pandemic was a great time for a lot of people where it forced them to be very stuck in one place and it forced a lot of people to be like, oh, okay, my life if I don't move around an awful lot. And it was the first time for me in a long time that I didn't travel. Um, mm. I kind Does of... Does traveling give you energy or it drains your energy? Um, I used to think that traveling gave me energy until I stopped traveling. Mm. <laughs> um, and then I realized that um, I had a whole life that I maybe wasn't living as much. And I think a lot of people live that, um, you know, your work life is one life and then your non-work life is another life. Um, and I quite like living my non-work life, you know, turns out. Um, and I've done an awful lot of pandemic hobbies. I did like everybody. I did so many pandemic hobbies. Um, I now have less because I think like everyone that had pandemic hobbies, we have like a, box of hobby 
shame I think <laughs> I do slowly like uh, but something for me over the years uh, I stopped making art as more and more work and more and more travel happened I stopped painting Mm. And to me, that was a good indication of um, work was more important to me almost. Um, and design was uh, filling my brain. Um, and something that has happened to me over this past year, particularly, I've started painting again. And that has mm. been a real, happened to me towards the end of the pandemic. Um, I uh, was uh, lucky enough to have a sabbatical. And then that gave me some painting again. I was like, oh, uh, uh, I didn't realize then it was actually a little bit of an indicator of like, this is a balance thing. Um, Cause yeah. you never do. Um, and then this year I really noticed uh, that, oh, okay. When I paint, that means my brain is in a good place. Uh, so, uh, and that is an incredibly offline activity. Turns yeah. out you can't be online with a, I love digital art, but also there's something a canvas um uh you i i sometimes use my phone to like draw a picture but um from it uh but you cannot be connected you can't be typing um uh, when i create digital art i can be typing uh so yeah it's it's definitely a indication for me uh, same as plants was another thing i never thought mm. i'd be a plant person but mm. during the pandemic i turned into like a plant person um uh, who knew um and uh, it turns out i actually can grow plants but it turns out i actually had to have some time with them um and things like that just just taking having time at night where i don't do everything i'm not until the small hours on computers i'm not doing things mm. until you know all those kind of things that every minute doesn't have to be filled with something that mm. you can have silence right and i think that that's something that um has taken me quite a while to realize um i probably this year has been it's starting to be a year where i've traveled the most since the pandemic um and i'm still not <laughs> um but i'm doing it with moderation and i think that i will always be very like each trip and it's worth um, people are amazing, people are incredible, and I, I think I love every person I get to interact with, but I also love not having to travel as well. <laughs> so I think that's a big, and just that recharge, because um, you need it, your physical body eventually, like planes do take the toll mm. on your body. Um, mm -hmm. And also for me, I was very, I had a lot of reflection over the pandemic. Um, I live in the countryside and that has very much, and I've, over the pandemic, I've lived further and further into the countryside. Um, so really far. Um, mm. And it's made me really realize the impact that, that my travel was making. I don't think I ever realized it. Um, I've always been like vegan saying I was aware of everything and I was still getting on a plane all the time and all these things. And, you know, all those kind of things that you don't necessarily, um, it's its not so great for you. So, yeah, mm. I think it's, uh, I think a lot, most people I know have found a, more of a balance. Mm. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, I think that, yeah, the balance is something that's much more needed. And especially um, when we talk about, um, I mean, in fact, the title of this uh, show the reason I came to the peaceful growth from yeah. the same realization that 
we all want to grow in our life you know we want to financially grow uh, spiritually um or we want to grow and get better person in in the relationship and family and friendship and all that but uh sometimes we go too far and yeah. also not like going too far but i think it's just something that we don't know uh where to stop and how to stop and most importantly what to do during those stops because i had um i that was first of the big challenge for me that like as an entrepreneur like i have much freedom and flexibility in my schedule and routine mm -hmm. so i was like okay you know um i can i don't have a problem about like taking time off from the work mm -hmm. but then i think the biggest challenge for me was to that i did not know what to do in that time off you know and because the work has become a so much part of my life you know i did not have any i did not know what to do when you don't work right so that was kind of like a big very big struggle for me and i started um, actually i was like okay let me just start with uh, reading books so that was first thing i did i was like i need like i can't just sit there and like you know watch tv or just like sit said there was like my brain needs some stimulation and i think uh, starting with reading books helps me to enter into a different world one yeah. where i'm still engaged yeah and i'm still actually involved you know because yeah. there is a whole different world when you when you start reading books or going to the books yeah. but yeah i think uh, that's what i tell tell my team as well now that like before you take time off think about what you're going to do plan it otherwise yeah. yeah you will struggle a lot i've i've often thought um I find it interesting when people say that reading books is a break for them because I'm dyslexic. So reading a book is so not a break for me. Um, <laughs> I, I often equate reading a book like going to a gym. Mm. Uh, I feel like I have to read every day to keep mm. to just keep me going. Uh, but I do not. It's like taking medicine. I do not enjoy it. I do not yeah. find any pleasure in it. But you enjoy uh, art, right? And painting. So I think that's the, that's yes. the point. Like, you know, we all my point it is that by doing it more and more i get mm. better at it um right with, with reading um is that uh, i have over time done it but technology's helped me with things like that and i think finding your hacks to uh relax so one of the things that i've got is a it's a kindle scribe i love that because i um it hasn't got any other way of connecting online so one of the things i am a nightmare with with my very uh interesting brain <laughs> let's go with that is if i'm using an ipad and i use the kindle app i am gonna wander i'm gonna go into a, or i'm gonna go into something and it's not going to be good. It's not going to stay in the book because I'm going to be bored. Um, mm. But if I have my Kindle scribe, I'm going to stay in there and I'm going to be able to highlight words and I'm going to be mm. able to keep my focus going because I've got a pencil and I can highlight things and I can keep my focus. And that's something that I've noticed over the years is that technology has, um, I've been able to choose technology that's really helped me um uh, and particularly during the pandemic is i've really tried to get to know and create a space that mm. has been i think i was coping with the world i think a lot of us were coping with the world we were trying mm. to navigate the world and tolerate it but by yeah. being forced to stay <laughs> wherever we were we mm. got to create a space that could work for us um and mm. i spoke with quite a few people who were like for once i got to create a space that fitted me that was very much what my experience was. I got mm -hmm. to create a space that fitted me. 
now I never want to not understand. <laughs> now I'm like, okay, when I travel, I'm taking my little my little bubble with me because now I actually know how to function better. I know like how to regulate more than I could before. I now know um, when I don't need to talk, when I do need. Um, so when I went to work camp Europe, I knew that I couldn't do a lot of social events because my brain just isn't ramped up to the do that this year yet um maybe next year that's fine but i know that like my brain isn't quite there yet and all these kind of things and i picked the ones that i knew i could do and that's it's about knowing yourself um but yourself changes that's the big thing i can share with people is just try and get to know yourself every now and then because i definitely feel at like late 40s a very more in myself but a very different self to when I was late 30s early 40s I guess I'm more myself because I'm in I don't know that's a weird way to say it more myself because I'm in myself but um I, I do think you start fitting yourself more because yeah. you're less trying to uh, you know I always think of like you're your 20s you're definitely like you don't know yourself you're mm. trying to like be cool you're trying mm. to like fit in right like with your mates yeah. and then your 30s you're just like i don't fit in anywhere <laughs> nobody mm. i don't know anything like and i'm trying right. to sit down and i'm trying to like do everything and i'm trying to be an adult and like the kids you know and the kids are stacked on top of each other in a trench coat and you're trying to function like an adult that's what your 30s are like or something and right. then your 40s and then late I'm going to be 50 soon and that definitely feels like it might be an adult um mm. I'm not sure um <laughs> but inside I still feel like a 20 year old sometimes but I do feel more like a me 20 mm. year old if mm. that at all makes sense and you start to really know yourself and as a result of that you start to know that okay maybe my brain functions this way but that's okay I mm. now know how to accommodate and how to like how to function in the world with my brain working that way or I now know that no I don't like that and I know to say that I don't like that yeah because before you'd be like I don't like that but everybody else seems to like it so mm. I can't say that I don't like that because yeah. if I say I don't like that that's not okay or if I say I like that it's not okay to say I like that thing um mm. <laughs> and that's yeah. part of just like having that being your whole self and you can only be happy i truly think if you admit who you are mm -hmm. like you can change yourself to maybe not be bad yeah <laughs> but you have to like as long as within your confines of legal and all those kind of things like admitting who you are um mm. is really like and how you need to function in the world um right. I think it's really, really important. And so many people got the space to do that. I, I know I did. I got the space to do that. Um, mm. You're probably going to get a lot of these conversations um, about people from during the pandemic. You know, we got space to do that. We got space to, you know, get from weighted blankets through to, you know, the sell of the selling of weighted blankets through to hobby kits kind of went mm. through the roof because people were just exploring. When mm. you have that time with yourself, what does that mean? what is the space that you create for yourself right yeah yeah no, that's a very beautiful message uh danny and i think uh, i um my version of that is this or based on what you shared you know um 
I wanted to to share, uh, put it in, that in a different words, which is mm. um, the way I see it, like when you grow older, you know, mm. you don't need to like slow down in a, in a way like, you know, you do, yeah, it's not something that where you feel like, oh, I'm going to do less. But I think the biggest actually realization for me uh, when I hit that moment where I was feeling exhausted, burned out, and I was like feeling um, tired and like not able to find the joy uh, or excitement of doing things that I used to have fun earlier, you know? Yeah. Uh, one, one big thing was that like, um, I think um, somebody said that like, before your 40s, mm -hmm. you say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. And after 40s, you say no to everything. So basically the goal is that like, you know, pick three yeah. things. And I think it's not about mm -hmm. slowing down, it's about focusing on one or two or three areas mm. and then focusing there and doing really well there because yeah. until your 40s, it's your experimentation phase. So you try different things, you know, and then you decide like, what are those things that actually gives me true joy? Meaningful. And, yeah, meaningful. Exactly. You also see something I find curious and I'm really, really curious whether this happens to me. When people mm -hmm. retire, it's like they enter another curiosity stage so a lot of people when they retire um i have no idea when i'm going to retire or what is going to happen but i am so excited if that happens um and you see um if we're lucky enough to retire because that feels like a whole like luck thing right but yeah. you see almost at the other end if you are with grace if you get to have that health and you get to have that that when someone has the time if they have the capability they then can have that curiosity again so i'm it's kind of interesting it's like now i can be focused and i'm kind of wondering if i'm going to start getting that kind of curiosity back um but now yeah it's definitely like a i know where i want to put my energy um it, it's like i'm aware like when you're younger you're so naive you think you have unlimited energy and that's mm. adorable and that's cute but you don't yeah <laughs> i hate i hate to be a bit of a uh old person there but you don't um and as you get older you really don't yeah. <laughs> um i really like my sleep um mm. and i like naps naps are great they're the best thing in the world um what about naps like naps do you, what, what what is your nap time total um, time duration i'm not too good at napping in my weekdays my weekdays okay. are complete going but weekend naps oh, oh. there's <laughs> something amazing about a weekend nap i tell you that like two three in the afternoon if you can yeah. do it outside in in like the warm sun there's something yeah. about that that shade mm. uh, yeah um, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned about the napping because uh, i had um um uh Pete from Leaky Paywall uh, earlier mm -hmm. as a guest, and him and I, we were talking about it. He, he's one of the biggest productivity and energy and mm -hmm. health hack was napping. So he's like, I will take nap every day uh, between 15 to 20 minutes nap every day in the afternoon. Yeah. And that will energize him um, mm -hmm. and will make him a little bit more energetic and productive. So I don't do it at the moment in the afternoon, but I'm starting to feel that my body's like, you know what, after eating, napping would be good. So <laughs> I'm starting to wonder whether like my lunch should involve that. But I, that's fine. If that's part of it, um, I, I do kind of like um, 
kind of yin yoga. My yoga mm. practice over the years has become more yin, less um, flow, mm. <laughs> and that's fine. Uh, yeah. If it just actually, begins... actually, I just finished my um, yoga and meditation teacher yeah. training program beginning of this year. Yeah. So one thing I learned from that uh, yeah. that uh, program was that yin yoga or a very slow and long yeah. stretched relaxed yeah. yoga that's actually really good form of yes. yoga that everyone should practice yes and i'm kind of curious if i keep doing it like yin maybe a bit of hatha if i keep doing that like can i keep going and moving as i get older and there's bits that aren't so good and that's fine because life but it's like if i just have to do shavasana and then i just snore Shavasana to snore mode. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, but honestly, like, I'm very lucky. I have a space. I actually do it in, in the studio here in my office. I have a space that I can do it. But how do you, hmm? how often do you practice yoga if you don't? I try and do something at least every day. Um, but just because I, I kind of see it as my like brain download. Um, it's, mm. it's just a, my brain needs a moment where i'm not focusing on everything otherwise mm -hmm. it would just um yeah but i'm also, also it's it's help you with the health but also i i have noticed personally i'm not sure uh, about you but like um you will get so many creative and new ideas during that yeah. one right? yeah so um i'm asthmatic so i actually believe that uh yoga has really helped me from an asthmatic perspective um mm -hmm. It's something that's helped me with my uh, asthma attacks. Uh, yogic breathing is something that I've used time and time again during that. Um, yeah. So it definitely has helped me with that. Um, it's definitely one of the reasons that sometimes I can just move around in the morning. Um, but this, this, over the years, it's, I've not been able to be as fluid as I ever have been. Um, I used to be able to do some some stuff I certainly can't do at the moment, and that's fine. Um, but, you know, it's to me, it's just about turning up on the mat. And there's kind of that phrase of just turn up on the mat, and I kind of do believe that. I'm also lucky because I have a space at home that I can turn mm. up on the mat and I can look like a, a floundering caterpillar, and that's fine. It doesn't matter. I'm floundering in my own home, and it's totally fine. And, and I've got underfloor heating, so it can be super warm. But I also am a deep, like I am eight plus hour sleeper. So I've always been someone that is, I like my sleep. I like my, yeah. So I've never been one of these. I'm really lucky that I don't have insomnia. Um, I get it like once every two years and things like that. I'm annoying. So it's one thing. Are you a night owl or um, early riser? So I used to be super late at night um, mm -hmm. uh, and all those kind of things. And um, with age, um, I have got less like that. <laughs> um, and also with roles, I think depending on like where you work and what you do. Um, at the moment, yeah. I'm pretty much European time zone. Um, but really, I guess my default is more by midnight asleep. Um, okay. That's kind of a, a, a healthy-ish pace for me now. Tammy, thank you so much. You're so kind and generous today with your time and sharing all the tips. Um, we are getting closer to um, the wrapping this up. Um, yeah. uh, I have one more question about mm. that. Who should I interview next? for the peaceful growth that comes to your mind? Maybe the person will be yeah. in WordPress community or out of WordPress community, but someone that you think- I'd like you to interview Josepha. 
thanks, Sammy. Thank you so much uh, again, and uh, thanks for your all your time and uh, uh, sharing your experience, your story, a lot of great learnings today. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Peaceful Growth. Let me tell you, I'm an introvert, and also English is not my first language. So you would understand how uncomfortable it would be for me to do a podcast like this. But we don't grow staying in our comfort zone. And that's what I'm doing here. And also encourage you to do things that challenges you and take you out of your comfort zone. I would also appreciate it if you shared this episode with others. It will help me on my mission to inspire 100 million people to build an extraordinary life. To learn more about how I balance my multi-million dollar business and continue to learn and grow in other areas of life, uh, check out my weekly newsletter, Learn Plus Grow, on anilg.substack.com. May the peace and growth be with you.